This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Failure is an indirect step toward success. Valeria Tellez interviews Robert Komodari, the author of Better Than You Think. Rob comes from a family of seven siblings growing up in a two-bedroom, one-bath, 745-square-foot house in Northeast Baltimore City. He is the son of an Italian immigrant and a red-haired German. Money was hard to come by while growing up. Rob started working at age 11, delivering newspapers, and paid his own tuition through high school and college. Rob is a passionate guy and one who has learned the value of being transparent. He has read 800 books over the last 29 years and is an avid student of personal growth and development. Rob recently finished writing his first book. His passion is to inspire and impact all those he comes into contact with to fulfill their God-given potential through his speaking and writing. He currently owns a real estate team at Keller Williams Gateway in the Perry Hall White Marsh area of Baltimore County, Maryland. Rob has sold over 1,400 homes over the last 18 years in real estate, and he is continuing to grow his team. Through his speaking and writing, Rob shares his own experiences and insights on awareness and how he has grown into his own person. You will learn how he has learned to become more aware of who he is and what his potential is. You will learn ways to access that potential in you and put it to use. You will laugh, you will cry, and you will think. And those are the three components to having a good day, but more importantly, to having a good life. Meet Robert at robkomadariauthor.com. Here is the interview with Robert Komodari. In your own words, who is Robert Komodari? Wow. Uh, thank you for asking that. I, I'm a guy who's driven. I'm a guy who's empathetic and passionate about life. Um, I'm somebody that wants to most for others and the most for myself. I want to reach my fullest potential and I want to encourage others, inspire others to reach their full potential. Uh, it's, uh, I'd say I'm love, I'm love, I'm life, I'm energy. Mm. Uh, those are the things I would say. When you say reaching the full potential, what does it look like when we are there? What are the signs? Well, number one, I don't believe there is a, a there because mm, when right. we get to a certain height or a certain place, we always – I think the natural human instinct is to always go further or do better or achieve more. But I think 
that potential is like, did you give it your best? Do you know you gave it your best? If you've given it your best every day, you will reach the potential in that moment or at that level because there's a next day, a new horizon and another mountain to climb. And it's just important to know that part of that fulfilling of your potential is feeling fulfilled itself. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, I love that, Robert, this idea of giving your best. Yes. But I do have another question that might contradict that a little bit. Maybe not contradict, but can add. So I'm wondering if when we don't give our best, if accepting that we didn't do it and treating ourselves with love and kindness, if that is another form of living our full potential. Yes, because you have to be like, I'm aware that I, if I haven't given it my best, I'm aware of that and and the results will show themselves. So we're not going to be able to, I mean, just it's human, it's human nature. We're not going to be able to be at a hundred percent capacity every single day. So when we don't hit that mark, so to speak, Yes, we do have to give ourselves some grace. We do have right. to show ourselves some self-love right. and just know that there's there's another day. And I don't want to always say there's tomorrow because then we can always mm. procrastinate, but we can always come back and give it, our, give it the best the next day or the next time or the next event. The danger when you say giving our best all the time, it's perfectionism because that leads to a lot of um, issues, mental issues and stress, anxiety, depression, and to name some. You had mentioned earlier, you said when you get there, and then you just mentioned the word perfectionism. And so I I wrote a blog, I don't know, a year or two or three years ago about, you know, perfection in there. There's no no such place as there, and Mm. there's no such thing as perfection. So because if we think there has to be perfection, like you said, we do cause anxiety for ourselves or stress or depression. But in the same breath, and maybe even paradoxical is, you know, and it depends where your beliefs are, is we are perfect the way we are. Yes, we are wedded there. (laughs) If there is a there, right? (laughs) Yes, a thousand percent to that. So my next warm-up question is, what do you want from this life? I want to leave this life knowing I lived it to the fullest, knowing I've impacted people and I've inspired people, knowing that especially my family, my wife, my kids, my my extended family, knowing that you know, I left them a legacy of just just working hard, working smart, doing your best and, and being love to everyone, for everyone. And in that love comes back to you. So you, if you want love, you got to give it. Mm. If you want acceptance, you got to give it. If you want to be acknowledged, you got to acknowledge. Mm. So I want to leave this life knowing that, that I, I've I've did, done my best and given my all to everybody. Yes, yeah, especially when it comes to love. Yeah, that's beautiful. The next warm-up question is about true leadership. How do you define true leadership? Well, you're asking some really good questions here. So true <laughs> leadership is, I, I think it's somebody that leads by example, that's willing to lead from the front and pull people along with them. You can also lead from the from the back when you encourage others, but I'm not, you don't want to push people. You want to pull them along. You want to, you want to be the example, but you also want to be the face of confidence. If that's a fair statement, people who work underneath you or live 
with you and see you as the leader. They want to see a confident person. They want to see a person who believes in themselves. So a leader is somebody who believes in themselves, believes in their capabilities, that has a higher level of uh, self-esteem and that's willing to get get dirty, let's just say, you know, get into the ditches and, and dig, you know, and lead the pack by digging the first, you know, f- digging the first hole or, or shoveling out the first little, little dirt, so to speak. Let me see. I do have one more warm-up question for you. The last one is the purpose of your life at this time. What do you think it is? To inspire, to inspire people to, to be the best they can be, to, to be that impact on people, to be that encouraging voice to people, to show people that it's okay to be who you are, to be transparent. Mm-hmm. That's, what I, that's, that's what I say. So you wrote the book, Better Than You Think, and we talked about some chapters or some topics in your book last time, last year. But talk to me again about the, um, how you became a writer and what was the purpose of writing this book? Well, I, I never saw myself as a writer per se. I just saw myself as somebody who had a lot of information through reading and listening and watching, whether it's, you, you know, uh, motivational seminars or reading uh, self-help books. But uh, so I never saw myself as a writer. In fact. <laughs> English and <laughs> English and writing were my two first, uh, my <laughs> two worst uh, subjects. Right. And uh, <laughs> but then from reading and living and becoming more aware, I remember there was a time when I went through this uh, this uh, experience called a contemplative prayer, which, uh, which awakened me and helped me become more aware of life and more intuitive and more inquisitive. And I just wanted to share the information. I'm like, I had all this pent up stuff in my mind and in my head. And I just wanted mm-hmm. to share. It. And I'm like, I, I want to write a book. And that was back in 2005 when I thought I could do it. And, and what happened was I didn't think I was good enough, smart enough, or, or worthy enough. Anybody was going to read my stuff and listen to what Rob had to say. So I struggled back then with that uh, that self-esteem. So like I had the confidence that I could do it. I just didn't have the self-worth feeling that I, I was worthy of doing it. Oh, wow. And this is the topic of our conversation today. Yes, a great segue, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Self-confidence versus self-esteem. What is self-confidence and what is self-esteem from your perspective? So self-confidence is a, is a belief in your ability, a belief in what you're capable of doing or accomplishing. Self-esteem is more of a feeling of worthiness. How do you feel about yourself? Mm-hmm. That, that's the difference between the two. So I, I mean, if I could keep going, like, so I believe yeah. I have the confidence to do things, but I might not always feel good about myself. Uh, I could feel good about myself, but don't feel like I have the capability or the ability to do certain things. Like, uh, like I feel good about myself, but I know I couldn't be a jockey right now. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so one has to do with skills and the other one, it's very much connected to the self and how we relate to, to ourselves. That's deeply. correct. I love the self-esteem more in a way. I know they go hand in hand when we are trying to accomplish Anything in life, we need self-confidence. But self-esteem, can we get that, um, let's say, the inspiration from spirituality, from God, to raise our self-esteem or actually to remove it? We don't need it. Who needs a self-esteem when you have this spiritual confidence that you are already perfect? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question, and I never thought about that. But uh, it's, we are human. 
Right, we're all human. Yes, and yeah, let's face it, we. I, I would imagine you've experienced self doubt before. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Right. So, so we're perfect the way we're made. So in that perfection, we're supposed to have this maybe self doubt along the way, or not feel so good about ourselves. But I think the the, the cure in it all is just being aware of it. That, and I don't want to say that's mm-hmm. the only cure, but that's part of the of the antidote, so to speak, to improving your self-esteem or that spiritual confidence, if you will, is that you once you become aware of it, it's like, okay, I'm aware that I have self-doubt going on right now. I'm aware, I'm aware that I have a low self-esteem. Okay, then I coach myself and I say, Mr. Low Self-Esteem, thanks for stopping <laughs> by today. Now you can leave. Right. Okay. Or if I question something, I can say to myself, was that question coming from a place of low self-esteem or low self-confidence? Where was that question coming from? So I, I do believe, though, that there is a spiritual part in all of this, because if I have a low self-esteem and I want to increase it, I mean, yeah, I can pray to God all day long. Hey, God, help me improve my self-esteem. Help me improve my no, self-esteem. Right. And, you know, that's probably not – you have to do some work. Right. And the work is recognizing it, accepting it, and working through it and like managing the idea that, man, I, okay, I struggle with this sometimes. But I know that if I work through it and I take action, then I will ultimately in, in the end or gradually start to feel better and better and better about myself. And that's true. I agree. So this idea of having high self-esteem, it's really a step toward self-understanding. You're getting deeper into your own self. And I love the way you say the article you sent to me says, in the process of building my self-esteem, I had to look at where I was getting my sense of worth. So that's a big one, it seems to me, where we are getting the sense of self-esteem. So talk to me about that, Robert, the misconceptions about what gives and raises our self-esteem. Well, well, the misconception is sometimes we put our worth in the acknowledgments we get. Mm-hmm. We put our worth, like maybe the worst culprit of that, and I hate to say this, you know, it could be like you know, the social media. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. we, we put something out there, and if we got two likes versus 30 likes, we're not, we're not liked as much. Therefore, that could give us a, a, a shot in the wrong direction of a lower self-esteem. So the it's the it's the thought of God. I don't want to put this in, in ourselves. So in our acknowledgments, in our achievements, you know, we might we might get our self-worth. Oh man, I, I achieved this and I did that. That right. means you know I'm a good person or I'm a I have a healthy self-esteem. When, when we put, I think, our self-worth in the Called material things or the acknowledgments of things like like I remember there was a time when I was doing these these networking meetings and the first meeting I did I had a I had like over forty people come and I thought wow man it was only going to go up from there because it was the first meeting I've done and then for the next like twelve years I never hit that number again and then within the first two years after that as it was this number was going down or the count was going down I started like wow, nobody likes me. Nobody feels that I'm valuable or worthy of this because fewer and fewer people were coming. So I was putting my self-worth and the amount of people that were coming to my events. So that was a perfect example of of putting a low low self-esteem or low self-worth in the the amount of fewer people that were actually coming or attending. So that's an acknowledgement thing. So there's again, I I think I'm answering your question there. So talk to me about some of the ways that you have 
found that balance, that good sense of having this good self-esteem and also self-confidence. How are you there now where you have both of them? I say it's a roller coaster ride. I can't sit there and say I'm on, on the top of that uh, that climb all day every day. Yeah. I say that you know I believe that there are there are many things that I can do, and I have the self confidence to be able to do those things, whether it's in business or life. But I don't always feel worthy of it. So right now I'm at a place where yeah, my self confidence is on a high level, and I would say my self esteem. I, I can't sit there and say it's it's a, at the top of the hill. I'd say it's a the upper upper third of the home <laughs> because you know you just you have these moments like like there's I I want to be this impactful inspirational speaker and sometimes I'm like well who am I to think that I can do that and then I ask myself the question who am I not to think that I can do that right. and you know you occasionally you get these affirmations that say that you're like you know what I'm one to it I know what I'm talking about. I believe in what I believe in. And regardless of what other people think or say, this means the world to me. And I think it can have an impact on others. So you asked, what are some of the misconceptions? It's like we worry. Sometimes we worry about what other people think that will prevent us from living the life we're supposed to live. I know you have used many techniques and methods to balance, to find this middle ground um, or this movement, because to me, I don't believe in destinations too. So it's this constant movement and dance toward balance. I say read, you said uh, that you read affirmations. Uh, You also have watched a lot of inspirational speeches, meditation, and journaling. So which would you recommend all of this to anyone who is trying to find that balance between self-confidence and self-esteem? And do you have new ones? I think you have to search. We all have to self-discover what works best for us. Uh, yeah. I, the the meditation is, is huge for me because it clears my mind and it helps me think more clearly and see more clearly. So with that said, I think I'm able to acknowledge or become aware of when I'm having those moments of low self-esteem or what I need to do to increase it or manage it, so to speak. But I, I mean, one of the things I got I to tell you, I know affirmations – are good. And I don't know that everybody believes in, okay, okay. I'm, I am, I'm a millionaire. And, uh, um, um, some people think, well, how the hell am I ever going to be a millionaire? I'm not even, you know, making 10 bucks an hour right now. So you can't just say it, but you just got to believe it. So in my journaling, so journaling has been a big piece for me and I journal my thoughts. I journal what's going on in my head. I journal what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. And then at the end of every journal entry, I write these, I write these three words or if you will, or three phrases, if you will. And I will write the words, I'm worthy. I'm worthy. I am worthy. Mm-hmm. And I close my journal. And that's, that's what I do every day. When you say that, it really makes me think about receiving, not just giving, because uh, self-confidence might be connected to performance, as you said, having the skills to accomplish something. That makes me think about receiving. So self-confidence is giving and self-esteem, it's actually coming from a place of receiving. It goes back to the female-male energies that we all have. So, well, I'm not sure if you uh, would elaborate or add anything. You struck a chord with me. So a lot of people are givers, 
Okay. A lot of people seen as givers, but the struggle with people who are really big and heartfelt givers, they struggle to receive. Right. Right. And when we struggle to receive, that's a form of a lower self-esteem or if I could put it this way, even a lower ego. Mm, Right. You know, because people think of ego as being up high almighty. I'm better than everybody else. But there's a low ego that says I'm worse than everybody else. Right. right. And when somebody pays you a compliment, say somebody sees Valeria today and says, oh, Valeria, you look beautiful. So great to see you. And you might come back with, oh, my God, don't say that. I'm a horrible. I didn't put my makeup on today. That's a comment that's coming from a place of a lower ego. And I believe, so I didn't, I wasn't exposed to this stuff till just, I'm going to tell you, you know, nine months ago, maybe. Yeah. And I started digging and I started digging. I started reaching out and, and searching for information and formulating my own opinion and my own theories and philosophies about this. And I see it more and more all the time. And I become more aware of when I'm in those moments, either of a high ego, low ego, ego or high self-esteem, low self-esteem. And then the other thing that comes into play here is humility. Wow. Where, where's, you know, there's a fine line, I believe, between low self-esteem and being humble. I can be I can be humble and put others first or I can have a low self-esteem and think less of myself. True. So. Thinking less about thinking of yourself less or thinking less of yourself. There's the two, I guess, dichotomies of low self-esteem and humility. It's a challenge, I guess, for all of us just to know when we are navigating or being driven by the healthy ego or the unhealthy ego. And how do we distinguish them? That's really a big one. Have you found um, clear sign when we are in the uh, unhealthy ego. Have you ever been in, in, a, in a position where you want to say something about yourself to others and then you, you're like, do I say this or don't I say this? Mm-hmm. If I say this, I really want to brag about myself or come from a place of high mm-hmm. ego. Yeah. And it's so hard for you to bite your tongue that you're like, well, you know, just this one time I'll say it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you say it and you're like, hmm, I really shouldn't have said that. Have you ever experienced that? Um, I think I have, yeah. I'm trying to remember a, a recent situation. I don't think I can recall any recent ones, but yeah, I'm sure I have done that before. Yeah. So in that or when that happens, it's like are you when you are at the moment, at the moment you're about to say what you want to say yeah. and something strikes a chord with you and says, Rob, that's really not coming from a healthy ego. It's coming from a, a negative ego or an arrogance position. Mm. Then you got to stop yourself and you either don't say it at all or you rephrase it where it doesn't sound so, what's the word, pompous or arrogant, so to speak. Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. But I do look deeper into intentions. So what's my intention by saying this, it doesn't matter how it comes across to other people because that's not my reference. Well, none of my business, really. But what's my intention? Why am I saying this for? And then if it's coming from love, then it's fine, from freedom, that place that is just free. It says whatever it wants to say without any judgment. And that's when I know it's coming from the right place, regardless. It's like, what's your motive? Yeah, I mean, there, right. There was right. a time when I, I struggled. God, this was about... 13, maybe 15, 16 years ago. And I remember going to a, a seminar and that, that poison that we all have inside of us of comparing and competing mm, with yeah, others. Yeah. And then I, I was like, 
I was questioning everything I was saying. What's my motive behind saying what I'm saying? What's my intention? Am I looking to get that acknowledgement so I can I say this just to get the acknowledgement and then I feel good about myself? Well, that's false. That's a false self thing, correct? And so it's 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 what's your motive behind yeah. what you're getting ready to say or do. So right. I think when you're in a place like that, yeah. that's a powerful place to be. Yes, if you can, if you really can trust yourself that whatever you do and say and think, it has that purpose, that motive, that intention of doing the best you can from love. So that's my reference. It always has been. It doesn't matter how I do it, but if love is my motive, then I'm good. <laughs> I agree. I agree with you 100%. And then now, you know, I do ask the question a lot to a lot of people what love is, because we do know that fear has many facets, and that's very important. Self-awareness is so crucial to know if it is coming from fear or love. How do we know the difference? But I think it's pretty clear. Um, have you done that some kind of exercise to know, Robert, what's coming from fear and what's coming from love? Um, I, I don't know if there's an exercise. I, I, I think for me, and that I haven't really said, okay, I know I got to do this exercise if I'm struggling with something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but I do know that it's the, the art, I guess, of recognizing when you're coming from a place of fear so or a place yeah. of love. And if you have that moment of awareness, you, you move forward. I mean, you still have to move forward either way because if you just st- if you stay in a place of uh, of being frozen or not or in, and not being not moving because of fear, like you're 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 paralyzed yeah. from fear, but you have to move through it. Anybody. I think we all experience fear. It's like, what what do we do? when we experience that fear and if we move forward with courage and love, mm. the result's going to be good, whether it's bad or good, if that makes any sense at all. Because if it's, if you don't get the result you're looking for, you're going to learn something from it. And how could it be bad when you learn something from something? Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. I hear wisdom. I love that. How can it be bad if you're learning something from it? So true. So it's not bad. It's just uh, it's an, another experience, isn't it? That we or, need. Or, or a different level of good, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, a different perspective and good and bad, for sure. Yeah, I love that. I love your wisdom, Robert. I love when you say this to the article you sent to me. You said, I think of God frequently when I think about my personal worth. Beautifully said. And this is where I really, um, the comment I made earlier about self-esteem, that we don't need a self-esteem when our sense of self-worth is coming from spirituality, from God, from the higher self. I really believe this. The self-esteem is not needed. But I do understand that, that some of us need to work, that we are at different levels and we need to work toward that deeper understanding. So we use self-esteem. We raise our self-esteem, perhaps to get to that point of not needing that anymore. I understand. I totally understand what you're saying. You do? Yeah. Yeah, Because you get to that point, you're not even thinking about where you are on a self-esteem level because you just are. Mm. And when you just are, as you would say, I think if I was in your shoes, you would say this, when you just are, you're love. Mm. That's what you are. Yeah. Yes. Does that, does that make sense, what I'm saying there? Oh, my God. It only makes sense. <laughs> only. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I know that 
we have so many um, other things, so many aspects of ourselves that we don't know yet, that we work on, that we become aware of and we work on. But essentially, yes, we are love. Yes. And knowing that and having that, that confidence to not just say it, but live, live in such a way is just the most liberating experience from my perspective. I don't think I'm there 100% in the sense of always getting it right, <laughs> but because I have that intention is coming from that place, then it's okay. I always fall into acceptance. And speaking of acceptance, we're almost at the end of the interview, but I do want to talk to you for a moment about that. How did you discover the power of self-acceptance? <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, that's interesting. I, I was I was reading a book called The Way to Love, <laughs> ironically <laughs> enough, right? Love. <laughs> yes. And I was I was on an airplane. I'll never forget. I was on an airplane. I was coming home from Chicago and I'm reading this book, The Way to Love. And, and what I gathered from it and I put like I made this like own little equation uh, for myself. It's like I got to become aware of who I am. So I'm aware of something in me or something about me or me. I'm aware of me. And then I, I got to take the next step to try to understand who I am. And then once I have an understanding of that something, something or who, then I can accept it or not accept it. So the third piece of that is acceptance. So when you this is my opinion here, when even if you choose not to accept, you accepted the non-acceptance. Mm, right? Yes. So, so it's still a place of acceptance. And yes. then once you have acceptance, you hit a place of love. So I have that. I have to work on that for myself first. Then I got to flip the flip the shoes and put myself in the other shoes saying, OK, now I become aware of Valeria. I just meet Valeria. And my first impression could be good or bad. But then I got to take the time to understand why Valeria is who she is and what she is. And then once I become more understanding of her, then I can choose to accept or not accept and then move forward to a place of love. And I think when you get to that place of acceptance, then to love, then there is no more judgment. Mm. And if we could live in that place, there would never be judgment again. Now, it could be almost impossible to get to that place. But if we worked at that and we worked at that and we worked at that, imagine how powerful that would be. To get to a place of non-judgment, because that leads to acceptance, that leads to understanding, that leads to love. Right. It's a result of it all. It's a result of understanding. It's a result of acceptance. It's a result of all that. I absolutely love this idea of getting there. And you just said that it's not possible, really, uh, to get there 100 percent. Right, Robert? It's, I mean, maybe it is, and maybe I'm not there yet, right? I, I, and when I get, if I get there, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> let me know, please. <laughs> it's yes. hard. It's, it, I think it's, it's a hard mountain to climb, but I think if you're willing to climb it, you will experience fulfillment to some degree because oh, yeah. the more you climb, the more you're going to become aware. And the more you become aware, the more you're going to live. Mm. So that's that's what that's my thoughts on it. So I have a few more questions for you, but before I ask them, would you like to add anything? Uh, I, I think it's something. I, I'll say it this way: you know, the, the real pandemic in this world is, I believe, people who have low self-esteem because I think it exists mm. at a much deeper and a much higher level than people realize or know. Because I think it was Henry David Thoreau that said people are living lives of quiet desperation. And you know we have the real pandemic of the coronavirus, but 
what did that lead to? It led to isolation. It led to depression. It led to suicides. All those things are uh, up further than higher than they've been in God knows how long or if, if ever before. And if, if we could work on that self-esteem issue, we could kind we could put a big dent into the, to that pandemic. If that makes sense. What is your idea of strength? What is to be strong from your perspective? Wow. So the strength in a literal word means, you know, having power, having you know, muscle strength. Yeah. But I think strength in, in, in some sense of the word is being able to persevere, resilient, being resilient, right. being able to handle the constructive criticism, so to speak, being stoic to some extent. I, I love the, the, the word stoicism because you, you, you don't let things bother you like they might bother others. You don't get offended easily. You keep your word. You always do your best. You see the positive in everybody or everything. Those to me, those are signs of strength. And I like to live by that. And speaking of empowerment, what is another word for empowerment? Wow. <laughs> When I feel empowered, I, I feel confident. I feel a sense of freedom. I, feel a, I definitely feel a sense of higher self-worth. So empowered, I think I got to put that in the same category as confidence more than anything else. If I'm empowered, I'm confident. And I, I do feel good about myself. Um, the last question is, what are three things about life you wish everyone would know? Three things I think everybody should know or would, would love to know. Yeah. The, the first word that always comes to mind is that how powerful it is to become more aware of who you are, who others are, what's going on in and around you. Become more aware of, uh, you know, the, or more empathetic about people and things. Yeah. The, so, you know, with this, the, the power of empathy, the power of awareness, the power of knowledge and wisdom, if, if we took a step back and, and look, I'm one of those guys that wants to achieve, wants to accomplish, wants to, you know, hit this mark and this mark and this mark. And sometimes I have to slow down to, to, to build my foundation. And that foundation is about knowledge, wisdom and awareness. Build that. And, and then you can I mean, then you can have have and do and be who you're supposed to be the foundation of wisdom for sure yeah that will take us far no doubt yes. about it so i don't know if i gave you three things there but it, but it, it's just you've become more aware i don't know larry that's that's that's, that's a good one but awareness is, is number one and then managing and being able to, to to coach yourself when you're having those moments of self-esteem because the, the cure again the cure is in the awareness not in an antidote so to speak and i wonder what comes first wisdom or awareness or if awareness is a component of wisdom i think wisdom might be a component of awareness because how can you be wise if you didn't become aware of something and, and that's just mm, a thought right. off the cuff like that right but i think awareness is the foundational foundational piece, foundational step in anything. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? So my web, I have a website, the speaker website, speaker author website. It's robcommodoreauthor.com. I don't know if you need me to spell that out, but robcommodore, C-O-M-M-O-D-A-R-I, author.com. So you can get a website there. I have an email address as well. It's rob at 
robcommodoreauthor.com. You can look me up on Amazon for the book. I have a YouTube channel, by the way. You can go to uh, YouTube and type my name in, Rob Commodore, and there's plenty of little uh, presentations I've given, anywhere from two minutes to maybe 25 minutes. To, yeah, you might be able to find me there as well. Wonderful. I'll have the website link on your podcast profile for sure. And thank you again, Robert, for your authentic presence. I absolutely love your wisdom and your authenticity. Thank you. Thank you, Valeria. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Robert Komodari and his work, please visit robkomodariauthor.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.